Hi, everyone. This is Catherine Adams. And Elizabeth Wallace. And you're listening to Binary System Podcast number 322. And tonight, we are back on schedule. We are recapping two episodes of Lore Olympus. We are recapping 201, which is, as of time of this recording and time this episode drops, it is available for free on Webtoons. But then we're going to jump into 202, which is only available if you have the Fast Pass. But we will give you a spoiler warning at that point if you are not a Fast Pass person. We are because we are very weak. <laughs> and I think at least the first episode, well, I actually think both of these episodes might be a quick recap. Mm. And the first one, the main point, I think can be summed up by the scene of Hades shouting at Zeus and saying, only a man with no understanding of loyalty would think this was a good idea. And that's Such it. a great moment. I, oh, it's just so great. It's Zeus in a nutshell. So mm. Zeus and Persephone at the start of the episode are moving through the underworld and Persephone has a moment to ask Zeus if he'd seen Hades recently. And Zeus said, it's been a while. And the last time I really, really, really pissed him off. And what Zeus tried to do was he tried to get Hades to marry another nymph to make him happy because he thought that's all he needed to do. Just go ahead and replace Persephone and everything will be fine. And obviously it wasn't. No. And Persephone, I also like that she did actually get a chance to ask Zeus why couldn't you have just left me there? You know, we weren't hurting anybody. Hades had no interest in overthrowing you. And Zeus says that, well, okay, he had asked her why they were so committed to each other because they didn't know each other that long. Mm -hmm. And she gets to tell him it's because Hades was there when she needed help so many times. And she just can't let something bad happen to him when he was so kind to her. Yeah, and especially it's... It's not just something bad. It's his worst nightmare, being stuck yeah. under the power of his father. And that is yeah. that is kind of horrifying. So that's when she asks Zeus, why couldn't you let me stay there? We weren't hurting anybody. And he says it's because he had told Hades that Hades should marry Persephone way back in the beginning of the series. We all remember this. And that Hades had said no because he wanted Persephone to love him. And Persephone's like, I do love him. And Zeus says, yeah, you say that now, but what if you date for a while and you get tired of him and now you're all hot to trot with your fancy goddess powers and somebody like Apollo catches your mind? She's like, yeah, that's not going to happen. But see, I don't get that because he was perfectly fine telling Hades, well, you should just marry her. You want me to give her to you? Whatever. And Hades like, no, no, no. And then as soon as they actually do love each other, now Zeus is worried about her hurting Hades' feelings. I don't even think Zeus knows what he wants. I actually had the same exact question, and I think I may have figured it out. Zeus wanted Hades to marry Persephone. That would mean she would be the queen of the underworld, there would be no breaking up that marriage. It would be an actual union and she would have to stay. What he's afraid of now is Persephone dating Hades and getting all this clout with having dated the god of the underworld. And then she can go hook up with Apollo. And then Apollo can kind of do an end run around getting power and just kind of glom off of her power. And then suddenly he's Apollo becomes a threat. I think that's what Zeus is worried about because Zeus had no problem with 
Persephone being unhappy because he told Hades right. she'll be sad for a while if you marry her, but she'll get over it. So yeah. he just he wants people locked in their positions so that nobody can threaten anything. And he felt like Hades giving Persephone a choice in the matter was giving her too much power, I guess. So was it the act of wrath that clued Zeus into the fact that she was a fertility goddess? Because I don't think he knew anything before then. Like he talks about keeping her away from everybody. But that, I mean, I don't think he had anything to do with the fact that she was under her mother's thumb for so long, uh, and then she came to Olympus. I think it was the act of wrath when he found out about that, and then people were hiding it from him. Then he was like, she's got a lot of power. She's, you know, an earth goddess, a, a growing goddess. She's probably a fertility goddess. And now he's upset and not wanting Zeus to marry her or be with her or anybody to be with her. I don't know. Because Persephone was visiting Zeus and Hera in Olympus, and everybody seemed to be getting along perfectly fine. Zeus had no problem with this budding relationship. But you're right. It was only when he realized that she had a power that somebody else could use to take over. He may have been worried for a while that Hades might do something, but... I don't know. I I feel like if Zeus could just go ahead and get Hades and Persephone married, boom, then it would be fine. But Hades isn't going to do that because Hades is so centered on the idea of Persephone having freedom and choice. Right, right. Now, they're walking from Hades' home to Hades' office because they were at Hades' home and they looked out the window and they saw Hecate, but she looked really weird, just sort of hanging in the air, floating. Her arms had sort of gone all tendrilly. Her hair had grown long and everything. And they're like, should we approach her? Nah. <laughs> exactly. Neither of them had to question that. They were both like, nope. nah, they noped out of there pretty fast. Yeah. So they're walking and that's where a lot of their conversation comes in. And then they get to the office They're looking around. Everything's kind of in shambles. Now, I don't remember what happened in between, but I do know that suddenly (laughs) Persephone kind of looks around and looks all shocked. And Zeus is like, what, what, what? And there's a person standing there who has wings for ears, and it startles the crap out of both of them. And that's pretty much where the episode ends, isn't Mm -hmm. it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we're going to jump into the next episode. This is 202, only available if you have a fast pass. So definitely check out if you haven't read it yet. But as it turns out... It's the goddess of dreams is there. And it is Morpheus, right? It is Morpheus. Yep. I wrote that down. Morpheus, Morpheus, goddess of dreams. I do like that. Yeah. And I thought maybe, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but she introduced herself as a goddess, but you sort of look at her appearance and she's just sort of got very broad shoulders and very muscular arms and kind of a a, more of a a thicker neck and everything. And I'm, I'm wondering, I don't know, maybe the character's trans. Could be. Yeah. Yeah. So, but anyway, so Morpheus gets them out of the scary stairwell that they were in at the time and explains that everybody that she knows is also asleep, including her mother Nyx, which is the goddess of night for crying out loud. And not only is everybody asleep, she also has no access to anyone's dreams. She's completely cut off. Even though everyone's asleep, she can't see into people's dreams. And there was a kind of humorous moment because she, when she introduces herself and says that I can reach out to people in their dreams, and she points to Persephone and says, you have a lot of unresolved issues with your mother. And then she pointed at Zeus, and you, sir, are a great big pervert. And also, you should probably consider eating less cheese before bed. <laughs> God, Zeus just looked appalled at that moment. <laughs> 
<laughs> so she also explains that Kronos is wandering around in the underworld and is kind of using the bodies of sleeping people to kind of get around. I think Kronos is still locked in Tartarus, mm-hmm. but is kind of using his mental powers to go into the sleeping people. That's how he took over Hermes, even though Hermes looked asleep to Persephone. So we don't know all that has been going on with that. But this is the moment I had said a few weeks ago that I had noticed that this episode, when you saw it in the upcoming list, actually has music involved. It's at this point, sort of Persephone is listening to them talk and you see her face light up. And there's been this vending machine there. And she's looking at it. And when I say her face lights up, I mean, there's like a light in her face. And one of the sodas in the middle of this vending machine is just brightly glowing at her. And it pops out of the machine and rolls in front of her. And she just reaches down and she picks it up and says, why did I want this? And she starts walking down this hallway and it's such a creepy looking hallway. And the music is perfect for this. I don't know who Rachel is getting to compose for these episodes, but they always nail the musical notes on this one. Just so cool. And I also liked how because Morpheus is continuing to talk to Zeus, but because Persephone is not paying attention, the words are getting fuzzed out because she's not really listening. And I know at one point Morpheus said something because they were talking about needing to get into Tartarus. And Zeus is like, well, that's I'm not gonna be able to help you. There's no way Tartarus would have anything to do with my authority. And you see Morpheus start to say something about, well, I have some really bad news for you because Hades, and then it's just all the words are completely fuzzed out. I'm like, ah, Hades, what, what, what? Yes, I was wondering what the heck she had been saying. And I guess we're not going to find out because at this point they realize Persephone has wandered off and they go to try to find her. And you see her further down this creepy looking hallway and she turns around and there's tears in her eyes. And she says, I thought I could feel him. And she obviously sensed maybe Hades was there. And Zeus is relieved, like, oh, thank goodness, I thought we'd just done something really stupid. And then Morpheus says, Persephone, and there is a shape behind Persephone looming over her with the glowing Kronos eyes. Yep, and it grabs her, yanks her out of the frame, out of sight, um, into darkness. And you see her falling, falling, falling. And she lands on the ground. She's like, ow, my head and everything. And you hear a voice like, sorry about that. And then the camera pans up. And it's... Hades saying, I had to get you away from the idiots. And that's where the episode ends. Yep. And I'll tell you right now, neither me nor any of the commenters, none of us are buying that that's actually Hades. Nope, it isn't. It absolutely is not. So because Hades's reaction to seeing Persephone again would be a lot different. Yep. Yeah. But it's also we're thinking it's probably not Kronos because it doesn't have the scary eyes like with Hermes. But there were a few people who thought that it might be the form of Tartarus. Oh, yes. That's a good point. I just figured it was Kronos was puppeting Hades or an illusion or something like that. But also about Tartarus, that was something from the earlier episode that Zeus wanted to take Persephone back to the mortal realm right away. He said, you are Mm -hmm. a liability here. And she's like trying to fight him on this. And he says, I am going down to Tartarus to explore myself. And she says, do you know how to get to Tartarus? And he said, well, I'm sure I could figure it out. And she said, do you even have an offering for Tartarus? It's like an offering. So he knows nothing about anything in the underworld, but he's still going to try to bowl his way through. Yeah. Some people were thinking that the glowing can was something that Tartarus made sure that she had, because if she goes down to visit Tartarus, that's going to be her offering to bring with her. Yeah. Well, every time the can comes up, I have to think back to the, the fan theory about the pomegranates 
because the pomegranate keeps coming up. And I can't remember if it was something like six pomegranate seeds in the original myth, but Hades has like somehow given Persephone a pomegranate something at some point, like a pomegranate pin, or at one point it was a pomegranate soda. And then of course there's the fruit, which I'm pretty sure is a pomegranate that was hanging off of the tree in Tartarus, which disappeared when Hades and Persephone were walking away from it, but we don't know what happened. So yeah, I'm just, I keep hoping. It's like, oh, I hope we get to the sixth pomegranate seed at some point. That's going to be great. I'm so, I'm so impatient. I would just want them to find Hades, like the real Hades. Seriously, that was not Hades. And also, no matter what had happened, like she, she got smacked on the ground, her head got hurt. If she had actually been hurt, Hades would have been at her like, are you okay? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to this, all this kind of stuff. He was like, yeah, sorry about that. Whatever. And I'm like, that's not Hades. No. Oh, and one thing we have to mention, Hades in the flashback, when uh, Zeus tried to bribe him to uh, marry a nymph and forget all about Persephone, Hades has long hair and it looks good. It looks so good. Oh, he was really actually kind of polite to the one nymph who was introduced to him. And it's an, a, they mentioned her name. I don't remember what it is. So I think it's probably an actual character from mythology. But he had said something to her like, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sure you're perfectly lovely, but I'm saving that position for a specific other person and everything. She's like, humph, and walks away. But he just, he couldn't, he knew that it wasn't her fault that Zeus is an idiot. <laughs> and that was it. That was the end of the episode. Oh, man. I can't believe we got to wait another week. Oh, I man. know, I know. But um, what else? I watched another episode of Peaky Blinders, and it was a doozy. Episode oh. three. Yeah. Oh, oh, my spoilers, everybody. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Tommy rushes off to try to find Esme, his former sister-in-law, because she's a gypsy. And it turns out he thinks he's under a gypsy curse. And that's why his daughter is sick. Right. And she drives him all over creation to this hidden gypsy cemetery. But I don't know why, because she could just have freaking told him. Because what she thinks the problem is, is, you know, when his, when Tommy's wife was killed, he thought it was because he had given her a cursed emerald, I think, or sapphire. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think a sapphire or amethyst, I can't remember. Yeah. Um, so he brought it to a gypsy woman who said, yes, absolutely, it's cursed. And I think his reaction, I I don't know. He knows when he's grasping at straws, but he decided to take some comfort for that because it meant that his wife hadn't died because he'd done dangerous things to dangerous people. It was because there was a curse. Well, Esme told him that the gypsy woman that he gave it to gave it to her daughter, who I think gave it to her daughter, who ended up dying of tuberculosis, the same thing that Ruby now has. Right. And put a curse on him, obviously. And I'm just, I'm still thinking, you couldn't have just told Tommy that instead of making him drive while his daughter is sick in the hospital, possibly going to be getting gold treatment, which was a thing. And I don't know if it's still a thing, but it's just like it some kind of gold salts manages to destroy the virus or the bacteria that causes tuberculosis. I'm not sure, but it worked. It just didn't work all the time. In fact, I don't think it even worked a lot of the time. So, yeah. And this entire time, of course, Lizzie is back at the hospital and she knows that Tommy is running around doing gypsy stuff and everything. And anytime she talks to, I think she talks to Ada for a while Mm -hmm. and she's just, I just, I just wish I had a normal man right now. She just really, really wanted somebody to be there, and he wasn't. And he gets back. 
And Lizzie is waiting at the steps of the hospital. And I thought it was interesting. She screamed at him, where were you? And that was the exact same thing that she screamed at him when he had to talk her years ago into playing the hooker once again to try to lure somebody away. And she ended up getting attacked and pretty badly assaulted because Tommy got delayed. And that was the exact same thing that she screamed at him when he finally came in and rescued her. Where were you? And of course, it turns out, Ruby died. Ruby died like minutes before Tommy got back. And the shock on his face, because after Esme had told him that, he's making all these proclamations on this, you know, in this strange gypsy graveyard or whatever, that he's going to do this, and he's going to save her, and then he's going to turn over a new leaf and all this. And it's because it's him, it's Tommy Shelby, and his will is everything. And he is going to make this right. And he gets back to the hospital, and his daughter's dead. And just this this just completely blank look on his face as he realized, yep, it was all useless. All useless. And um, and Lizzie, I don't know if she's going to be able to forgive Tommy for this because it was her daughter. You know, they, they have two children, but the son is from his uh, previous wife who died. Um, so, and she just, he wasn't there. And it was because he was running around doing gypsy stuff. And I don't think she's going to be able to let that go. And I feel really bad for her. But part of me is hoping, yeah, Lizzie, run, don't walk away from this relationship, because this is awful. And I'm already wondering how high the bodies are going to get stacked by the end of the season. Oh, man, it was a really it was a gut punch of an ending. It's just so hard. Uh, and meanwhile, Ada is trying to be Tommy in his place and meeting with dangerous oh. people. Oh, they had the meeting with okay, so you've got um, oh, what is the fascist leader? Mosley. Oh, Mosley. I was going to say Morrissey. Mosley. Yeah. So apparently Tommy had a meeting with the two of them and the American and she shows up instead. And for a while there, it's just a conversation between her and Mosley's girlfriend. And it is so catty. And it is just I love I had to rewind it and watch the beginning of the conversation and everything because the way the two of them are just going back and forth at each other. It's just really vicious. But it's also kind of funny. I really, really liked it. There was also um, this was so that there could be a preliminary meeting between Mosley and uh, Gina's uncle whose name I can never remember. He's obviously based on a famous Kennedy, whatever. So he and Gina come in and Gina's of course is being catty too. And her uncle is, he doesn't respect anybody really. And uh, as a fascist, he doesn't like gypsies much more than he likes Jews, which is to say not at all. But he makes some comment to Ada about how he understands that gypsies are like sorcerers or witches and they talk to dead people or something. And Ada is just like brushing all of this off. She's not letting any of it get to her. And Gina's uncle at one point asks him if she's married. And she says, I was married. He's dead now. I talk to him often. And you could see Gina's uncle respected that little bit of snark there. Yes, yes. I think, yeah, he definitely didn't like her, but he did sort of respect her a little bit. And she did get them to take her seriously eventually because, man, they were just trying to just... Oh, they kept trying to get under her skin and she just didn't let it happen. It was beautiful. Yeah, I think they got really used to dealing with Tommy and Arthur. And Arthur, they could just set off with anything. They could really get under his skin. And they may have thought they could do the same thing to Ada, but no, she wasn't having any of that. So, And oh, and Arthur, Ada sent him off to take care of somebody who had been stealing some of that opium, a lot of that opium, like by the bucket full that they had in that yeah. storage area. And Arthur is just failing to be a brutal Peaky Blinder anymore because he's just so broken now. Yeah, but it was interesting because they were going to, 
either kill or most likely just beat the crap out of the guy who was apparently sort of running this theft operation. And the guy is talking to Arthur and talk about getting under his skin, basically tells Arthur, you're a junkie. I know you're a junkie because I was a junkie. And I'm here to tell you, you can actually beat this. It's going to be hard, but you can do it. And Arthur can't beat the crap out of it at that point, because I think it's just he just wanted somebody to tell him that it would be okay. And that's what this guy did. And they leave without beating him up. And I think that's going to come back to bite him because he sounded it, it sounded like an organization that they don't respect anything that they can decide this week. And him yeah. coming in with his whole posse to beat the tar out of this guy who was stealing from the most dangerous family in the area. And then they walk away with nothing. Oh, that's not going to end well. No. However, I did like that guy. I yeah. thought he was really... Well, he was... Um, uh, do you remember uh, the movie Snatch? Yeah, that's a long time ago, though. Yeah, wow. that was Tommy from Snatch, that actor. I remember almost nothing about that movie, oh, except for okay. the fact that what's-his-face, uh, Brad Pitt had, like, unintelligible lines. Yeah, well, he was a gypsy, so... Or, well, there you go. Is, what, did, they, did they refer to them gypsy? I know that there was the, the derogatory term pikey, uh, but uh, yeah. I, don't, I don't know how offensive any of that is nowadays. Is it the Roma? Is that the name? Another name of gypsy? I or? well Romany, but uh, yeah, I think Roma. Romany. Sorry, yes. Well, I, I, yeah, but I think Roma. Yeah, that is that is something. But um, I, I just remember Top Gear. One of the presenters like took home one of the junk cars that they used for a whole episode because he had fallen in love with it, and it Aww. came up later on. And they saw that he had he had he had named the car Oliver, and he made a little license plate that said Oliver on it. And the other two saw that, and they were laughing themselves. Like he is such a pikey, so I don't know how <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how derogatory that is. Maybe yeah. it isn't. Yeah, I've I've certainly learned if there's a word in another language that I don't know. I mean, like merd when you say like shit and everything. Mm-hmm. It's like you have to. You don't know exactly. Like if you walked into a meeting of like important business people and dropped the f bomb, people would be appalled at you. And yet, other countries, it'd be perfectly fine. So I'm like, if I hear a derogatory term, I'm thinking mm, I'm not going to use that one until I know the connotations behind it. Oh I don't know. God. It's just such a minefield. I mean, I I found out years ago that garçon is not a polite nickname for a waiter. It's basically shouting "Hey, boy!" across the restaurant at somebody. So you don't want to do that. No, 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 no. So I am actually on the final episode of the latest season of Stranger Things. I have to say the ending to the second to last episode was kind of brilliant. They use 80s music all the time, obviously, Mm -hmm. in this show. Everybody's been going on and on about the Kate Bush song, which was really very wonderful. But they used a completely different song at the end of the second to last episode. Mm -hmm. But they kind of they kind of played with it a bit, kind of gave it a different background and everything. It was Perfectly done. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, it was really well done. And now I've got to the final episode. And the final episode is two hours and 22 minutes long. Oh, my goodness. Two hours and 22 minutes. There are theater movies that are not that freaking long. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure it's going to be good. There have been a lot of really great moments that I have enjoyed. There are also a lot of moments that could have been trimmed a lot. But I think, you know, I think it's been a pretty good season, all in all. Just some of the episodes are awfully long. I have just finished watching episode three of the first season of Russian Doll, which I am still trying to get through. So I'm enjoying it. It is really, it's fun. It is wacky. It is weird. The way that, you know, the character dies over and over again is like the one where she 
like just gets really drunk and goes out and bonds with this homeless dude and they go, you know, huddle together under a blanket on a street corner and there's this long pause and then she's waking up and looking in the bathroom mirror again like, I just froze to death. God, that's dark. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> that was such a moment. Have you gotten to the bit with an elevator? Yes, yes. That was the end of the third episode where she's in an elevator that is falling and everybody's freaking out and the guy next to her is not and she says, aren't you worried? We're about to die here. And he said, it's fine. I die all the time. Boom. And that's the end of the episode. Oh, so good. <laughs> that was. I think that was when I realized, I'm like, I'm going to have to watch the rest of this series. You know, there's always a moment when you think, I think this has gotten me. I think this is interesting. And that I was like, yep, I'm in. I don't know what it was about this. I watched the episode after that. I don't remember anything from it, but I do remember we watched that. And then for some reason, we just never went back to it. And I don't know why. It happens. Yeah, I did that with... Um I talk about that all the time with Breaking Bad, the episode with the fly in the laboratory mm-hmm, and everything. Mm-hmm. And I watched it and I thought it was good. I'm like, oh, that was interesting. And then somehow I paused it and I didn't come back to it for over a year. I have no idea. I, when they released, I think it was like the last eight or the last five episodes of the final season. I think that's the fastest Nathan and I have ever binged a series. I think we may have even watched two episodes in one evening a couple of times. So that was... Man, that series is addictive. And I have not done a rewatch yet, simply because I I have not been able to psych myself up to it. It's been years, but I'm still nope. just like, oh, God. And you're, it bugs me that there are people out there who don't realize that Walt was a bad person the entire time. It's true. That that was kind of... That was like one of the big points of the entire character arc. It is not that he was corrupted, it's that he was always corrupted. And just dying meant that he threw all the, you know, the social niceties out the window and went for whatever he really wanted. Yep, yep. Oh, man, so dark. Speaking of dark, though, I'm pet sitting for a friend and they have a nice big screen TV. And so I go over there to watch TV sometimes. And they also have a Hulu membership. And so I have been watching Rick and Morty. And I watched three back to back episodes episodes last night of the first season. My God, it's so wrong. <laughs> so just, God, it's so, but it's so clever. It is one of the smartest cartoons I have ever watched, but it is so wrong. They, it doesn't matter. There are no taboos on that show. There really aren't. That whole episode, I think we watched that on the plane where it was like alternate versions of Rick and Morty and the entire family and all of them spawning other alternate versions and everybody thought that they were the original versions. Holy God, did that one go to dark places. It's really, really dark. dark. Oh, man. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, I I resisted watching it for so long because – South Park, I finally checked out on South Park because they went gross a little too often for me. And I was like, I don't, I don't think I can do that. And I never liked Family Guy. And I no. know people personally who are like, oh, how could you not like Family Guy? I'm like, I don't think it's funny. I just I just don't. I'm sorry. So when people were talking about Rick and Morty, I'm like, eh, I can't do another Family Guy. I'm here to tell you, it has never been anything like Family Guy in any way whatsoever. I think the thing that got it on my radar was when this whole thing happened with what is it, Szechuan sauce or something? And that was, I think the creators were just like ready to flip a table at that because that was when 
like a restaurant started ordering packets of Szechuan sauce and all of these Rick and Morty fans descended on them because they wanted to get their Szechuan sauce and they were actually being shitty to the people in the stores for the fact that they ran out because there had been such a run on it. And the creators are like, the whole freaking point was that it was a useless thing to obsess about. The fact that you yep. guys are obsessing about it means you totally missed the point. I don't know that the creators would even be that upset at this point. They seem to be have a pretty good handle on how dark humanity is. I think they were probably like, eh, free advertising. What do you do? <laughs> so, you know? I mean, look at it. It worked for you. You were like, oh, that's from that Rick and Morty show. Maybe I ought to watch it at some point. I don't Maybe. Know. Oh, Who knows? <laughs> so wrong, but so good. Oh, enjoying the hell out of that. But I guess that is going to wrap us up for the week. So make sure to check out pixelatedgeek.com for all the book reviews, the movie reviews, the comic book reviews, the photo galleries, or the fan art galleries. We may actually, this next coming week, have a fan art gallery instead of an episode. We don't know. We haven't decided because why would we plan? But we know that we won't have a Night Vale episode to recap because for the first time in probably about 10 years, we were actually aware that they were going on hiatus before they went on hiatus. Because we had the unusual experience of remembering shit. Yeah, that doesn't happen very often. But so I have found some really cool arcane fan arts and I don't know, maybe we'll do some stuff for, I don't know, Stranger Things, Peaky Blinders, you know. Um, I was looking around for Laura Olympus fan art today, and I actually ran across an image that I think may be a spoiler for the next episode. I saw it just really briefly, and I was like, <gasps> so I think somebody posted an image from a Fast Pass episode. Oh, so okay. now I'm like, oh, shoot. Now I don't want to go looking for Laura Olympus fan art because I don't want to get spoiled. I know, and that's something we'd have to be careful about because we wouldn't want to post any images that would spoil people, even for the stuff that we've already read. So. No, no. Yeah, exactly. Usually fan art's better about that, but I don't, somebody was probably just being a jerk, but whatever. But anyway, all that and more, pixelatedgeek.com. So we will either have an episode next week or we won't because we're specific. (laughs) One way or the other, we'll talk to everybody um, in one week, maybe two. Talk to y'all later. Now, okay, so they're walking to, from Hades' home, they're... Sirens! Sirens! Drink! The goddess, you Mm -hmm. know, she introduces herself as a goddess, but...
car going right by the street. Sorry, we're getting like weird lag things happening oh, really? every once in a while, so Shit. I had to wait for that. Hang on a second. Ping. Pong. Ping. Pong. Okay, it's better. It's just every once in a while your voice gets really, really slow. <laughs> oh, God. Great. 